welcome to everybody here. I hope we have a few more people coming through the door. Um, but welcome anyway. Uh, let's start with a quick prayer. Lord, we say thanks for so many opportunities just to be able to sit here tonight, Lord. We, we know which way we all came here, what happened in the day, um, in the week before this, and, um, yeah, the mood that we are coming here, Lord. We pray that you put all of that at ease, that your Holy Spirit be with us and help us to make the right decisions for this church, Lord. Um, we don't want to make the decisions with our own brains and not have your Holy Spirit influence us. Thanks for, for being here, being able to be here, Lord, and we pray for the people who wanted to be here tonight but, but couldn't for several reasons. Just pray your presence be with us. Amen. Okay, we'll start with a worship song. People believe that there's not a God. If you, if you look at how special everything, from the possum we saw, all the birds, every different tree, wallabies, um, ticks. <laughs> we didn't see any of those. We got the notice. <laughs> um, yeah, and coming back today, all the hills are so green. It's, you can see it's, it's rained out there and um, through Kilkoi um, direction, and yeah, it's just lovely out there. So on the program, we've got a few um, minutes to give thanks and celebrate um, to what hap has happened in this year in our congregations and what the Lord has helped us doing. So I guess you all have seen this nice, colorful report. And um, yes, if there's any of you that would like to highlight some of that, um, we've got a few minutes to do that. And yeah, even if it's not on the in the book, if there's anything you'd like to highlight, give thanks for. Tomorrow. I just heard there's been some baptisms at Balmoral. We didn't know anything about it here. Yes, George. How did you find out, George? <laughs> you got your ear to the ground. Yeah, yeah, but uh, we celebrated uh, three people getting baptised at Balmoral. Uh, Lisa, who's a survivor of domestic violence, and if you had met her three months ago, she would sheepishly walk in, hide in a back seat, maybe once a month. Now she comes every week, she was at the picnic, she was serving and she got baptised and she's fully into the Lord. And her son Jackson, who's been coming to our youth group for probably two years now, and he got baptised, he's 14, so, and Isabella, the son of uh, Sabeel and Darren, uh, she got baptised and it was so good. And then during the baptism, well after the baptism, one of the other youth, Hamish Shepherd who, I don't know, you remember Rick and Charlene? Charlene led uh, Barbara Shepherd to the Lord, uh, her son. Well, her son has been into everything but Christ, and, but he's been coming to youth for the last couple of months, and he came to church, and he came to that baptism, and praise God, at the end of it, he came and said, Joe, I would like to get baptised. So we had immediate fruits. So good. 
Such good news. Paul, you've got somebody at the back. Yep. Um, I just wanted to celebrate the work we're doing in New Heart Logan with, um, you know, when, when I started in it, it's been over a year now, maybe a year and a half I've been on the team, and I want everything now and big and done, you know, as soon as possible. And I've learnt that God's timing is perfect and he won't give you everything all at once, otherwise we'll probably die, right? But it's been... Including his justice, right? Exactly right. I'd be gone, mate. All right. But, yeah, it's been slow and steady, but it's, it's you know, we've seen real fruit in the discipleship programs that we're carrying out, like all the life groups and that type of stuff, the men and women. It's really amazing to see work in, to tell you the truth, guys I'd written off a year ago, you know, and just to see the work of it. When I put my hands and I say, you know, their salvation is not up to me, it's really up to God and you, and you leave it up to him to do it. It's just amazing. The fruit of this ministry, it's, it's really awesome and that's something to celebrate as we close this year out. We had the, our meeting on the weekend on Sunday. We had 40 people rock up, was it? Something like that. So it's really awesome. Slow and steady wins a race, you know, so it's, it's a good thing to celebrate, yeah. Thanks, Samu. Anybody else? Okay, uh, for the sake of time... What we'd like you to do is um, just sit in small groups and for a couple of minutes just yeah, give thanks for everything that's happened this year. Um, in prayer, we can have a bit of a discussion, but just, just a couple of minutes in small groups, please. Lord, I want to thank you for this lovely church, not the buildings, Lord. Thanks for that as well, but for the people who make the congregations. Thank you, Lord, that we can do things, that we've got talents, we've got funds, we've got time. Um, maybe not always use it the best, but Lord, we make ourselves available. Thank you for how you've used us this year, for the miracles that you've done. We know there are lots of people who have got great needs um, in so many fronts, Lord, and we've seen miracles. And we pray for those that still need the miracles going forward. Thank you, Lord. As I looked up, I saw every little group still busy, Lord. And we know that's so many things, so many things to say thanks for. Thank you, Lord, that we can live in a land where we can freely um, pray and be Christians, Lord, and have a relationship with you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Okay, point three, apologies. Uh, Kelly, who do we have on the list? Do you know? Okay. Okay, so anybody that's got apologies for somebody that's not here? Chris? Peter Bell? Karen Wilcox? Sonia Lowe. Who else going? 
Craig Behrens. Okay. Is that it? Yeah, fantastic. Uh, we're going to appoint scrutineers for tonight. So we need uh, two partners of the church. You can count. To... Thank you, Russell. We have one. Who's going to help Russell count to 40? I think it might be here. Thank you. Thank you, Cole. So Cole Davies. <laughs> Only with a calculator. No. <laughs> Um, okay, um, can I please get hands of anybody who's not a partner? It might be easier than counting partners. Okay, thank you. One, two, three. Thank you very much. Okay, done. Okay, point five, acceptance of the 2021 partners meeting minutes. The motion is that the 2021 partners meeting minutes be approved and accepted as presented. Okay. Thanks, George. Seconded. Debbie. Any questions about the motion? Right. Good. The motion is that the 2021 partners meeting minutes be approved and accepted as presented. Good. Can we vote for that motion, please? Hands up. Yes. Yeah, yeah, please. Uh, Scrutiners, <laughs> please begin counting. <laughs> I guess you have to count each side twice then, I think. Okay, next time we'll do it the other way. We'll <laughs> you can just count the hands that, that are not up. <laughs> Is that easier? That is true. Okay. That's a good point. Good point. <laughs> well, we'll get the people who don't support it to put their hands up. Okay, Paul. Okay, uh, the next agenda item is Stuart Charlton as an elder. Stuart and Lou. Um, so Stuart Charlton has been uh, as part of the eldership and leadership team for the past 12 months as a welder. And um, he's been greatly appreciated by the team. His input's been uh, very wise and timely and very thought-provoking. Um, and he's definitely sharpened the team and has been a great asset to the team. Um, so the elders have invited him to come on board as a full Elder, and um, we're now voting for that. So the motion is to accept Stuart Charlton as an elder. Oh, that's essentially it. Cool. Okay. Motion to accept Stuart Charlton as an elder. 
as presented. Okay, who is moving? Thank you, Beth. Does anybody have any questions, objections? That's awesome. Okay. Um, then we'll vote by hands of of disagreeing. Is that what? Oh, man. I was like, they're throwing me off. Okay. Everyone who agrees, please raise your hand. And now that we have a total, I think it'll be much faster, these subsequent votes. That's okay. Lovely. That that's what do you want? We're gonna do that, yeah. We're gonna lock that one in. Thank you very much. Okay, can somebody bring Stuart back, please? And give him the bad news. He's gonna lose every second Thursday. Stuart, come to the front. We're going to pray for you. Oh, and, and Lou. Lou, yeah. yep. It's a partnership. Uh, can I have a few people who know Stuart and Lou to come out? Their names rhyme, so that's in good in time. Um, could I have some people come out and just lay their hands on from the partners? Stuart, it's... We're glad to call you an elder and we're glad that God sent you and Lou to us. Uh, what a blessing. So God, we just set aside uh, Stu to, to the role of elder. We'll do this in church, but we just want to thank you for him. We thank you that you sent him to us. We thank you for the journey that you've had him on um, and that has um, brought him to this place. We thank you for the role that he plays or has played among us this year as a welder. We thank you, Lord, for his heart for you, um, which is very uh, uh, obvious, and but also his heart for the church and the heart for the body of Christ throughout the world and the world itself. Lord, we thank you that he carries um, something really special, which is Jesus' heart. And so we thank you for that and we just bless him and set him aside to this really important role and ask, Lord, that you would give him great wisdom and counsel and, Lord, that you would give him the ability to, to lead well in this role. Pray for Lou too. As, um, she is also a servant of Jesus and a servant of the church here. And we bless her and ask, Lord, that you make her role um, working with Stu fruitful and abundant, Lord Jesus. We bless them both in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. Okay, next we've got the Belmodel Cafe proposal. Joe. Hi, everyone. Yes. So there's... Um a little booklet there you may have seen it it was at the front so there's just a few diagrams that's uh, like a 3d image from the furniture maker for the cafe inside so that'll be at the very front so 
the big opening is actually going to be bifold doors and bifold windows and then a servery and that's a cafe and that'll be all new equipment at the front the next slide yeah so there is a better picture of for those who have visited Balmoral, that's our main building where church, we hold church and kids' churches in the other side. And so the front deck extends out there, it's about 70 square metres, and there will be a new set of stairs going in there, big double doors, that's the bifold doors, the servery window. And then also at the back you can see we're putting in a disabled access and pram ramp, which we, we have one but it's very steep at the moment, so you, sh you would struggle to get up there with a wheelchair. But uh, so that'll be an improvement that'll come along. Uh, as well as that, there's some upgrades. The car park, which has really deteriorated greatly over the last 10 years. It's, you need almost a four-wheel drive. Bit similar to out here. Um, so an improvement to that. And particularly because our focus, for those who don't know, the kids' church gets used every morning and nearly every night of the week with some outreach. Uh, music for kids, ballet for kids, uh, play group, kids groups, so mums and little kids and dads are coming along there and so ideally it's this is to offer them a place to connect and build relationships and just by way of example uh, the little leapers which are all these beautiful little ballerinas from you know, a foot to three foot tall came at 11 o'clock at the end of our service and they performed half a dozen dances and we kind of put aside 10 chairs thinking the mums and dads well we needed 20 there was so many adults come and then we threw on a barbecue and we just spent the next hour afterwards connecting with those families so it's a great opportunity to reach people that wouldn't step anywhere near a church but they're coming into our environment so that, that that's the plan that's the type of people we're reaching so you'll see there's money set aside to upgrade the kids church and the kids playground because essentially they're toddlers to children that are coming and using the facility. So, yeah, so the cafe is just not, it is about good coffee and fast food, um, but it's mainly connecting. The people that will be serving there will be uh, prospects of being youth pastors or pastors or pioneering a church so it'll be our training ground to bring up leaders to plant churches so we want people of peace people who are going to connect people who are not just going to offer you a, a coffee but they're going to be there with an open heart and ear to hear your story and so it'll always be about so what's your story tell us about yourself and building that connection breaking down loneliness giving them someone they can listen to. There'll be no barcodes you can scan. You'll actually have to talk to someone and you'll actually have to greet them. Um, and, and that's the role. The baristas are really undercover pastors and they're reaching out there, right? They're evangelists with a heart and a passion for the people that come there. So, so when you hear the word cafe, yes, they're serving coffee, but they're serving way more than that. They're serving the word of Jesus, the love of Jesus. And, that, that's our vision. And so then those people continue to grow. And it's one way, for example, we, we need a youth pastor. That our youth are growing and getting deeper, but we can't afford one full time. So that youth pastor can get an income here by reaching people during the day as well and connecting with the families of the kids that will become youth. So that, that's the vision and how, how we see it growing. So if there's any questions, some of those numbers... 
there are budget figures so yeah yep no problem George Is there any allowance for a shade cloth in the budgeting? Can and secondly, I noticed then that the uh, the the, um, the cafe area is up this this end. So the old kitchen down that end is that being done away with, and that space being made use of in in a different way. Okay. Okay. Let's take one at a time. With that diagram there, that tree is nothing like that tree. The tree is like. 10 times that size and covers 80% of our deck. Our covering is the tree and we'll trim the tree and so we don't have a, a weather proof. It's really the beauty of the shade and sitting under the tree. The inside of the church, other than on a Sunday, will be utilised as a cafe. So we can fill in as many people as we can in air-conditioned comfort on the really hot days. The idea to sit outside is to be under the natural shade of the tree and the view of the city. So that's the ambience it's going to create and the air-conditioned space inside. Back to your question on the kitchen. The kitchen remains. Um, our cafe won't be a restaurant-type style. It'll be quick, you know, toasties, muffins. You know, it's, we, we don't plan to have a cook in that on board. But we plan to keep our kitchen so we can still serve some food. Um, the church will be restructured, so for those who visit Balmoral, you'll know that where the doors and windows are is where we preach from and go down. Well, it's going to turn 180 degrees and we'll be standing at the other end and people will be looking towards the kitchen, so it'll be revamped. And part of those costs are redoing the whole floors, changing, upgrading the air conditioning, lighting, sound system, audio, so we're going to face the other way. So we could, in theory, still be serving coffee at one end and they could be listening to a sermon. So it's possible. <laughs> Can we pass the yeah. microphone? Yeah. No, no. Our, our licence won't be, that's what I'm saying, it's not a, a kitchen, it's a cafe. where. I, so it's only like toasting, heating up things. We're not cooking things. Sorry? Yeah, we, we can't get certified, well, unless we upgraded our kitchen, but there are no plans to do that at the moment. Yep. We're, sorry, we're taking our model from a, a church that was, well, I think it was called The House. So, and they had this style of outreach cafe. So it's all quick, because it only employs one or two people to make it all happen, not, not two chefs and a cook and clean up. And No, it, it's really faster food than that yep food that's prepared off-site and yes. then yeah as long as sold. all we do is heat it okay toast it and um, like smoothies shakes nowadays you get all these healthy options and you basically run them through a blender and serve them right so that they've experimented they've lived with it for a couple of years so we're learning something from them. I, I'm not a catering expert. And I, I never really want to be one, so. Richard. Yes, Richard? <laughs> I'll make sure that one gets on the list. <laughs> 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 
it's uh, the trick is that you're only preparing foods that don't warrant a grease trap. So it's a lot easier yeah. through the council when there's Correct. no grease trap involved. Correct, when, when it's food that warrants a grease trap, that projects it into yeah. a completely different realm. But that's not what's happening here. Yeah, yeah. no. And so the bigger picture here that I haven't explained, we're also trying to change the zoning for our church, even though. Uh, Kerry Baptist has been there over well, 60 years. It's still medium residential, so it's not community zoned, but we applied through our town planner probably, I'm thinking now, six months ago, to get the zoning changed to community zoning. Um, and you're going, well, why are you doing that? So we can make changes later and they'll be easy to get approved, whereas trying to get a commercial kitchen, trying to do things... Um, right now, it's just not going to flow because we're zoned medium residential. Um, it's no one's ever thought of changing the zoning, even though the church has been there since 1964, I believe, around about date. But council's okay with that, you know, because I did have a person-to-person uh, -person meeting with them, and they said, "Yeah, you should apply for the zoning change because you've been there long enough, and therefore, when you ask for a change in the future, it'll be a lot easier." Yeah, well, the, the, Lim the Limba Baptist since the 30s, the 20s. Oh, okay. Well, the buildings that are there relocated in 64 is what they... Oh, okay. Oh, okay. In the 30s? Oh, this is summertime. Joe, um, so I think most people you know what the CESU fund is, but maybe if you can just quickly run us through where that came from. Okay, so, uh, yeah, for those who don't know, we the manse was across the road at number 30 Lytton Road. And it, it was a two-storey brick building, uh, big footprint, 995 square metres, so nice. Sorry? Yeah, you lived there, yeah. yeah. Peter and Chris lived there for a while. Uh, so did Paul and Julie Williams. Um, and then after that we rented it out for an income but it was so run down and it had so many leaks we couldn't get much money for it and it actually does become a health hazard when you've got leaks and mould appearing on ceilings and walls you probably shouldn't have anyone so there was a question of did we spend literally twenty to thirty thousand doing something with it and just generating a small income every year or do we develop it ourselves or do we look at a chance to sell it and initially we said well let's have a look at developing and then we got offers around 1.15 million i think I, it started at and over the course of about a year we decided to go forward with it we went forward in an auction and at the auction we got 1.7 million dollars and then even after we had sold it there was a change in owners and they paid us another 20,000 to sign off the paperwork to change the ownership so we ended up getting 1.72 million and the agreement then with New Heart, the partners at the time, but um, Queensland Baptist who really control what we can do with that was that those funds could only be used for church planting because we wanted to use those funds so we could plant churches wherever. Um, we weren't restricted in area and also upgrade Balmoral because they still see that as a... Um, yeah, a precious asset in the city. Yeah, stay within the Balmoral Church. So that's how we came about the funds and that's why 
we're looking to use those funds from, yeah. Built um, last year, uh, yep. the, the cafe proposal at Bermoral, and it's set finally, yeah, getting some motion now. <laughs> yeah. if, if anybody's got s some revelation, some great name, we're open. <laughs> Jill? Um, just a question, Joe. Can you explain what's happening with the Children's Church um, storage and upgrade, the playground and things like that? And I, how that I don't how, have details, but if you, if you don't know what happens there, but on a... A Thursday morning, my darling wife and I get up there very early and probably spend an hour, hour and a half shifting stuff from a little blessings room to the others, setting it all up, and then when it's finished, we move it all back again. So the idea is to make the storage user-friendly so that maybe other people would be happy to come and do that work. And so that it's just a matter of pulling it out from the room it's already in and the dividing wall that separates little blessings from the main one making it open both sides so you can store stuff there and pick it from either room without walking through these doors and circulating all the time. Just just saves a lot of time and effort for the people there and one side being mirrored because of our ballet classes. They love their mirrors so we facilitate that. And the playground at the back, you know, we've just got the little plastic things and we do want to upgrade that because that is a real attraction for the mums because it keeps the kids busy. And so, you know, we, if, if you look at what's happening there, the, the mums will love the cafe because we plan to fence it off so you can circulate right around without kids going into the car park so the fencing will change. So there'll be no need for the children to leave the fence area while mum's having her coffee either under the tree or inside in air conditioned comfort. So that, that's our plan. Chris? Down at Ashmore... Um, on that main road, I think it's Olsen Avenue, um, the Church of Christ there have a fantastic facility. A big church, a cafe, second-hand clothing uh, shop and a fantastic children's play area. So it might be worth a little trip down there and have a little squiz. Yeah. Yeah, Chris, can you forward that address to Manita? Thank you. Okay, if there's no more questions, we've got a motion. Okay, the motion is to accept the proposal for expenditure on Belmoral for a cafe and cafe surrounds with the money to come from the CESU fund. Uh, presented by Joe. <laughs> Seconded. Thank you. Kelly? Richard? Tyler. Richard Tyler. Any other questions about the motion? Richard's the second, yeah. yeah. Okay, so to accept the motion, uh, to accept the proposal for expenditure on Belmoral for a cafe and cafe surrounds with the money to come from the CESU fund. For votes, please.
45. Wow. System works. So good. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Okay, well, the next well. one's super enthralling. New heart agreement with Queensland Baptist. I believe um, that new, essentially like a memorandum of understanding has been sent out. And I have the revered Paul Butler here to explain it. Thank you. Um, if you've read the papers, you would have noticed, um, for those who haven't read the paper, basically uh, at our Baptist Convention earlier on this year, uh, the Association of Queensland Baptist Churches agreed to this agreement um, that they asked uh, the association members to sign off on voluntarily. Uh, there is no... Um, we're not required to do that. It's uh, a voluntary option. I voted or suggested that it should have been compulsory if you're in the association that you should have to sign off of that and get the benefits and the responsibility of being part of the association. But they didn't want to push that envelope and so it's optional. Um, and what they've asked us to do is to bring it to the partners or to the members of each church and for them to opt in to this agreement. But just for your information, it's really what we've been doing all day long. It's just formalising that in a statement of agreement. Um, there is one part of that agreement, which is that um, that the, those who are in partnership or association with the Baptist, Queensland's Baptists, they give 2.75% um, of their annual giving um, as a contribution to the running of QB as a movement. So that pays for a whole bunch of people. Uh, we've got two people. One, we have a director of mission, we have a director of services, we have a financial a team, we have a um, youth team, a children's team, we have a child or church safe team. Uh, there's a whole bunch of administration people uh, that um, I can say to you that the staff went to our regional meeting recently and we're just so blessed for the uh, transformation of our board and the Queensland Baptist and where it's going. It was uh, our regional meetings up until the last couple of years were boring administrative meetings that showed no inspiration at whatsoever. And the last, in the last couple of years, that's completely changed. We have a vision, we have a heart, we have a team within Queensland Baptist that's seeking to serve the churches, to encourage them to make disciples and ha have a very similar vision to our, our heart as a church. And so... I just want to say to you that uh, um, as a pastor, as a registered pastor, I'm required to sign this agreement as well. Um, and in the next year, any member of staff, there's another level of compliance coming in in the next 12 months, which will require all registered, um, any non-registered pastor will actually uh, go through a lesser grading. It, there'll be registered pastors and there'll be another, I'm not sure what the title will be, like it'll be a... I don't know, an associate pastor or something, but there will be a level of compliance required. In other words, the Queensland Baptists want to make sure that every person who is a staff member has qualified a certain level of um, psychological profile, either with a psychologist, all these basic fundamentals that you want from people who are called pastors. Um, that's part of the, um, the Royal Commission findings and they're wanting to upgrade that. So they're the kinds of things that we benefit from from being a part of the association. Does anybody have any questions? So I would put to you... 
Yes, George. Does this uh, motion up on the screen up there, does it in any way inhibit the local church to govern itself? No. Now, we need to understand that fully. Um, being a member of the Queensland Baptist Association, uh, that it's not like a hierarchical uh, Presbyterian system where they have um, bishops and people over you. Uh, we are um, one of the hallmarks of baptism is autonomous authority. So each individual church uh, operates um, under their own autonomy. However, we, we agree to work together as an association. So, for example, um, we don't actually own this property. It's held in trust by Queensland Baptists. But if you all said we're going to sell that property and move over here and we have a minute in the meeting, then Queensland Baptists will acknowledge. They might say, well, I don't think it's a very good idea. And they might tell us why they don't agree with it. But at the end of the day, they've never done that and they've always signed off on the, the will of the partners or the members of a church. So while they might have their own opinion, they acknowledge our autonomy as a church and as, yeah. as leadership and as a membership of this church. Yeah, I was going to come to that one on leadership. It will not prevent any local Baptist church from calling whom they want to call as pastor. Um, no, but I think there's coming a time when um, Queensland Baptists will have a say about senior pastors being uh, appointed who are... That, that, will in hinge on, that will hinge on or impinge on yep. uh, a local church's right to choose whom they want to choose. That's true, but because of compliance and, and the changes that have come then about... That's where we need to be careful then. Yeah, so... But for me, um, that's one of those things where uh, the government are telling us you have to do this. And so it's one of those things where they're, they're saying you, your, your senior pastors have to be compliant or registered. And there are churches where the senior pastor is not registered and not recognised by QB. That puts that church in danger if that something goes wrong with that person. Switch in. How will that on the long term affect micro churches and campus churches and that sort of stuff that come under a larger church like ours? It won't affect you at all. So we'll have to have a psychological examination. <laughs> I, I won't pass. It's, we, we start, the moment we start calling you Pastor Richard, yes. No, yeah, they, good question, Richard. Yes, the answer is anybody who's called a pastor. Um, and has a pastoral position, well, there'll be a, a kind of a grid of what is required for that person. Um, we haven't, actually haven't been given the details of that at this point. So, for example, Michelle is not a registered pastor, but she's been on staff for 10-plus years. Um, yeah. And, um, yeah, so um, Michelle's actually um, been tracking this as Michelle yeah. would like to comment on that um should I come up here so you don't have to turn your heads <laughs> um with the compliance it's from my understanding and I think this is right Brad is this has come down through the Royal Commission and it's not unlike child safe the compliance so 
the compliance is actually a good thing um, because it basically there's ongoing supervision for everybody that's on, sorry, I'm a bit breathless, give me breath, <laughs> that's on, on staff, which we, as a church, we actually tried to have that in place anyway, um, just to support leaders that if they needed supervision um, in their ministry or on any other level, it was a... It was a safety net, if you know what I mean. Like counselling supervision? Counselling, whatever. Yeah, it's a support system for the staff. Um, sometimes pastoring can be overwhelming and there can be, <coughs> excuse me, trauma, dramas involved. So it is something that um, it's a safety net for us as a church to be able to care for our pastors. And basically from my understanding, the Baptist Union are really just agreeing and putting in place what the government has already asked them to do. So they're doing the right thing. Um, there are probably churches that may not do it, but I think um, eventually they actually will be... Have, have no choice. Yeah, they, they probably will end up getting reported. It's, it's like child safe, it's like education, it's like all those things. Mm. Um, as far as a calling that I understand, I don't really see it being a problem because... There's, it's actually a benefit for anybody who wants to work as a pastor. It's a, it's a bonus for us that we get supervision, that we get support. So those sorts of things, um, I can't see why you wouldn't want to do that. So I don't think it will affect. I think anybody that the church wants to call, it's a blessing to them, really, to get it. Yeah. Is that, I don't know if that helps, but yeah. <laughs> Uh, compliance. Um, uh, uh, there's a there's a, a basic understanding of what is required of a pastor, uh, and it's complying to those those things. Um, Brad. Yeah. In terms of the Royal Commission, it was actually pioneered the Royal Commission because of the abuse and they found in, in terms of a number of organisations, but especially in terms of churches, towards children. And they recognised that as churches and other organisations, if they put these things, and I'm using the word compliance, in place, it's going to help to reduce the risk of people being uh, abused or put at risk. And, and part of that is, and it's already been mentioned, there's this mandate of supervision. So pastors have to meet with a supervisor who is a trained professional, someone who will actually pick up the warning signs and be able to go, hang on a minute, we've got a problem here with this person, and they are then at a, um, a position of authority where they can say, hey, I'm flagging some warning signs about this particular individual. So it does, from that compliance perspective, help to regulate that we are not putting people at risk, but rather we're protecting those who are being entrusted to care for people and we're providing safe environments for that to take place. So that's why. Yep. Thank you, Brad. So some of the compliance that I had to do is I had to, as a senior pastor, I had to, 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 to have a uh, theological degree certain subjects that were required for me to take that I didn't take as a part of my degree. Uh, Baptist history and distinctives was one um, and I can't remember the other one I, I had to do just as part of being association. Um, obviously I have to have a blue card. I did a psychological um, 
testing. And so did Michelle. Um, and a part of that, we had interviews with a number of people within the Baptist movement. Um, we had to get uh, checks from within the church and people wrote us refer uh, references and that kind of thing. So there's a whole bunch of checkings and that's to reduce risk. Um, and so that the Queensland Baptists can say to the government, we did everything in the best of our knowledge to, to protect, to ensure that we filtered anybody that may uh, cause, possibly cause harm. Of course, there's no 100% guarantee of that, but it's just this filter system. There's no other questions. Okay, Pastor Paul said he uh, put that motion forward. So the motion just again <coughs> that the partners of the New Art affirm and agree with the QB movement members agreement adopted by the QB annual assembly on 7 April 2022. Can I get a seconder for that please? Chris, Chris Bell. Any other questions? Okay, the motion again that the partners of the NEOART affirm and agree with the QB movement members agreement adopted by the QB annual assembly on 7 April 2022. Okay, votes for. Shall we go again? <laughs> 46, fine. <laughs> Are all our pastoral staff for New Heart Baptist, Rochdale, Balmoral, wherever, are, are they at the standard that's required by the Queensland Baptist? Registration up until the present has been voluntary um, and it's just been encouraged. But we'll get to a place where senior pastors will have to be registered and all associate pastors will, will go through a similar but different registration process. So the answer is I'm the only person that's registered. Yeah, but in terms of um, compliance according to where QB is trying to get every church, yeah. I'm the only person registered. Right. The little problem is for marriage celebrants then. That's right. I'm the only person that's, as a result of that, I'm the only person able to marry people yeah. as a celebrant. I've returned my marriage celebrants ticket. Yeah. So you're the only one that can help on these things. That's right. But we've found another way but to do that. Let's get it done as soon as possible for some others. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> found another way. We get people to go to the registry office, get married legally there, and then we do an under-God wedding with them, and that's working quite well, so sometimes that takes the burden away from me. Sue. Sorry, 
Late question. Hang on, wait for the mic. Thanks, Paul. Late question. Um, so I understand that the government is making this safer for students, for children. Yeah. And, and yeah. But what about when the government decides something a little bit more radical or WAPO? Mm -hmm. What do you suggest? So, so does that then, so this is just an agreement. So the Baptist Union would then weigh up whether they agree with the government mm -hmm. with another royal commission on whatever yeah. it is mm -hmm. and we don't ne and we may not necessarily agree with that if we, yeah if we're asked to do something as a church that we don't agree with that qb are asking us to do we can always bring that to the members and the members can say we don't want to do it however the government may not look favorably on that and we'll have to deal with it so, sorry? That would be at Queensland Baptist. Yeah, so the government would, would, would say you've got people in your association that are not doing the right thing. If they don't do the right thing, we're going to take action against them. No, it'll, it'll come against individual churches who choose not to sign up. I, I'm thinking worst case scenario here, but at the moment, everything that, that, that's been asked of us is very reasonable. as yeah. time goes on so true <laughs> and yeah. and are we committing to a long-term right thing as defined by the government it's possible um there's going to be a lot of things that that come under question in the next few years scripture in schools mm. ri in schools chaplaincy in schools yeah. um there's a lot of shifting going on um and it's kind of a wait and see thing okay I can see a, a day coming very quickly um, and it probably takes something bad to happen like Israel Folau or something like that where something will, will tilt and the government will go hardline and they'll give some, they'll be, some of that group of people who are wanting to see RI out and Chapman's out, it'll give them uh, a momentum. We're praying that that won't happen but I could see it happening. All right. Well, just stay with me, Pastor Paul. <clears throat> Good, so I think we'll put that one down now and go to number nine, the redress and CESU fund update. So we have had a few claims this year. Uh, this is a really hard topic to talk about um, because we, we, we did bring this up at the partners meeting last year. It's a hard topic because we've, um, had, uh, three, we've had three claimants um, and three claims, um, which means um, going back to the 90s and uh, up until 2000, uh, members of our, our youth group uh, were uh, victims of uh, inappropriate behaviour by a leader. Um, and those claims have been awarded. Um, two of those claims have been awarded. We believe another one will be rewarded um, probably early next year. Um, basically, this is what happened. The, uh, as a part of the Royal Commission, they set, the government set up a thing called the redress scheme. And the redress scheme basically uh, allowed a, a, a claim to be made against an institution, such as a church or scouts or, or something like this. And it, and it had a lower burden of proof. So if you went, to, if um, you couldn't prove it criminally, and you could, and but the burden of proof to, to get a claim. Cl civilly is very high 
So what they wanted to do is we wanted to acknowledge that some of these claims are very old, going back a long time. Um, I remember that QB came to me with a claim for Cary Baptist. So going back years and years, and it, those claims uh, couldn't be proven, there was no claim awarded in those cases, but that would have been QB took, took those claims, so that wasn't involving us. But uh, basically the government set up the redress screen with a maximum payout of 200000 um, and there was degrees or levels of severity up to 200000 that's the most serious level. And so the person bringing that claim just needed to put it in writing and then the redressers, we've got nameless people who sit on a panel, they, they look at all the evidence that's put before them from the, from the organisation, such as the church, and from the victim, and they make an assessment basically saying, is there a reasonable chance that this happened? And if they believe yes, then they will make an award of a claim for a certain amount of money. Um, so whereas if you were doing a civil court case, then you would have witnesses, you would have all this, and then you would have cross-examination and all that, which could be horrendous for a victim. This allowed a person to make a claim that was legitimate uh, and allow someone else to determine if it was legitimate or not. So we, as a church, entered into this scheme, which uh, into a fund with Queensland Baptist set up and asked each church, if you wanted, was voluntary, you put some money into this and regularly do that each year. And then if a claim, historic claim, comes against you, then we will pay, depending on the size of the church, up to a, cer up to a certain amount. In our case, the maximum, um, the, it's kind of like a excess in your insurance policy, the excess for our church is $45,000. So we, as a church, pay the first $45,000 of any claim made by a victim, uh, any claim awarded by the redress scheme. So in this particular case, um, QB, um, uh, the claim is processed by QB. Uh, they ask us, do you have any information about this? And in, the case, in this case, we don't. We don't have any written records. Uh, we don't have any information on what happened. Or we just, I personally know some of the people's names because I've been here long enough to know them, but I don't know any of the story. Uh, I, I do know the perpetrator, um, and, but I was not in that level of leadership to be actually know anything about what happened or how it happened. So when I responded to, do you have any information, the answer was very brief. No, I don't. So I had the, the victim's um, statement and then our response, and then that goes off to the redress screen and then an award's made. And in this case, um, the award came back to, to QB. They paid the $45,000 and then sent us an invoice for that amount. And they also, uh, in both cases, wrote a letter to the victim on our behalf. Um, so, uh, as it says there, there is one outstanding claim to be paid in 2023, and both the claims have been paid. And QB, um, because they are the, have, we have a member of understanding about how the funds from the sale of the manse were to be spent was that they, we asked them, could we pay and then repay, uh, could we pay these claims out of that fund and then repay that fund over a 10-year period? And they were happy 
for us to do that. They understood that this was going to be a large um, impost on us as a church um, and um, so they have allowed us to do that and um, I think in the budget it's something like $13,000 repayment per year that we've allowed to do that. So uh, it is a big hit to take every year um, but um, this is what we entered into um, and, and for the people having read the victim statements, I can say to you that I have no doubt that these things occurred. I have no doubt that it's had serious implications on them psychologically, on the relationships that they've had and their identity as a person. Um, so I have no reason to, to, to doubt that what, hap what they said happened, happened. Um, at an eldership level, it's been really hard because one of the downsides to this scheme is, is that we as a church have no recourse on the person who did this and there's no criminal or civil recourse for us. So in other words, that person may not, as far as we know, may not even be aware that we're paying claims for things that they did. You go, oh my goodness, this is so frustrating. But as a church, my view is um, that these people are victims. And I am super sad and my heart is grieved that a person who was a leader in the name of Jesus acted inappropriately to these people and caused them so much pain. So, so I am glad that we can acknowledge this to them and our sorrow, which Queensland Baptists do that on our behalf and acknowledge our, our grief and our support for them and our prayer for them. Um, and we, we, to me, this is a small price to pay for something done under our watch, even though many of us weren't even here when it happened. Andrew, just Paul's coming with the microphone. Questions? Question, the question that I have is, so you're saying that the person or persons who did these things actually have no idea that we've there's been no that we can't be in contact with them to let them know what's going on and we have no recourse against them not that I want rec recourse but they there should be yeah the safety of others that they should know that this is the yeah. I, I don't know what the inner workings of the redress scheme and the police are I don't know whether child safety services are involved in this being highlighted. I don't know. I don't have the inner working of what happens when these claims and how far that goes through the system. I'm sorry. Do you I've think that is a good thing for us to actually find out? Um, yes, we can find that out. Yeah. Marilyn? Oh, well, two things actually. I agree. Um, shouldn't that be a police matter? For you know that otherwise it seems like that person has just got off scot-free and not being held accountable. So surely one would expect the police to follow up with that the perpetrator. And the other thing, does not um, our public liability or QB's public liability insurance cover this? 
type of thing? No. No. Unfortunately, no. It's professional indemnity um, and currently only a registered pastor is covered by professional indemnity. So volunteer leaders and non-registered pastors are not covered uh, by that. Um, so one of the reasons that, that I'm registered is so that they can insure me. Um, they have to prove to the insurance company that I'm registrable, that I'm a worthy risk and that he's the things that we've done to make sure that he's, you can insure him. Uh, well, your first question was about the police. See, this is not crim this is not criminality. There's no charge. This is this is this is where redress is different. It's not a civil claim, nor is it a criminal claim. This is a claim for compensation. This is a different form of compensation. So I don't. We can find out, but I don't know what the actual how this whether this would trigger a, some kind of alert in the system. I don't know. That's something we'll find out for the partners. Is there any opportunity of going back and exercising some Christian ministry to the parties involved? Is it just all done and dusted? Um, it's done and dusted because part of the process that they sign, they actually ask, they actually ask what would you like to do and they get to choose and most of them choose, we're happy to receive um, a, a letter from Queensland Baptist or it might ask from the church itself, in this case, the, for the victims. Yeah. Yeah. Um, from, from discussions that I've had that we were talking about in when we were at our office at QB and got some of the, the discussions there. Um, the idea of the redress and the police is the redress doesn't go into enough detail um, criminally wise for the police to be able to follow up. It is to save more stress from the, uh, the, the person who's the victim in the situation uh, so that they can take the steps forward without having the stresses of court, of all of that sort of stuff that would be needed and necessary if the police were involved. Yeah. Thanks, Beth. Uh, if there's no further questions, um, we really need to keep going. Um, so I'll hand back to you. Go on. Okay, so um, just to, remit, to repeat the motion, um, that the redress claims be paid out of the CESU fund. You are to make the repayments to the CESU fund over the next 10 years, um, and this has been approved by Queensland Baptist. Presented by... Pastor Paul. Second. Russell. Walton. Any other questions about the motion? Okay. 
Motion again that the redress claim be paid out of the CSU fund. New art to make the repayments to the CSU fund over the next 10 years, as approved by the Queensland, by Queensland Baptist. Votes for? Forty-four. Great, thank you. Um, I'll just give. And now we've got Pastor Paul again. The way forward, the way ahead, twenty twenty-three. Thank you, Johan. This is the this is the fun part of the meeting. Uh, so uh, everybody, go yay! Come on. <laughs> way ahead. Um, uh, this is. Um, so this is preemptive of what's coming in the budget, um, and um, I just wanted to say to you that God reminded me, and it's in the, the you would have received a thing here, questions uh, from George Stubbs, and we've got the responses to his questions there. But in that, in, in his first question, he says, if our offerings are down this year, how can we set a higher figure for 2023 unless the Lord supplies? And I wrote, unless the Lord supplies. And my, my answer was that um, budgets are future estimates based on the past year's income and expenditure along with projected income and expenditure. But our budget also has to reflect vision that requires faith. Our budgets do not rely solely on what is known or what has been in the past. We, seek God to, we trust God to give us the provision for the vision he has given. Do you like that? Provision, vision, given. Um, that's a, such a Baptist thing to do. Our, our, our 2023 budget has built into it the same faith element that we've had in years gone by. We trust God to do more than we can ask or imagine. And then the Lord reminded me of Isaiah 54, which we've shared over many number of years, um, where God is speaking to people who are in exile and he's saying something that does not exist yet. But he starts by saying, I need you to, and we did that song, I believe, and sing to the son, sings to your daughters, and and, you sing, and Isaiah, as God is telling, sing, barren woman, you who've never born a child. There is a, a cry of faith that we're called to do when we face no children, no fruit, no, when we're in the desert, God says, but I need you to sing like you are going to get it. And um, burst into song, shout for joy, you who are never in labour, because more of the children of the desolate woman than, than of her who has a husband. He's actually saying in the future. But you need to sing now for what you don't have and you need to be knowing that it's coming. Your children are coming. Um, and then the Lord says, this is what I want you to do. I want you to enlarge the place of your tent, stretch your tent curtains wide, do not hold back, lengthen your cords, strengthen your stakes, for you will spread out to the right and to the left. Your descendants will dis dispossess nations and settle in their desolate cities. Can I tell you, for the last 10, 12 years, that's been our story. It's stretching out to the right. It's stretching out to the left. It's increasing here. It's seeing here. One of the beautiful things at our staff meeting is, is, is now in, within 
just our room when we meet. We have a Nigerian. This is Victoria, who's doing our design and media. We have Rose, who's Filipino, who's our children's pastor at Balmoral. Please welcome Rose. We have Manita, who is Chinese background from Hong Kong. Would you welcome her? We have Joe, who comes from a Croatian background from Europe. Would you welcome him? We have another Filipino and Paul Westall. Now, tell me, is not God sending us the nations? And as we are going out and as we are faithful to, to go beyond what we've known, what we've got, as we've extended our vision to church plant and increase, God is increasing us. There are people present in our congregations throughout New Heart who did not know Jesus and would not have an eternal destiny if it wasn't for the things that we had allowed ourselves to increase and enlarge in and trust God for what we do not see and what we do not have right now. I give thanks to God that he gave us a vision that was bigger than what we have. And no, this year is no different. By the way, um, David's going to share with you the, the latest update on our finances and the figures are actually better than when we uh, first um, brought out that budget that you've got there. But I just want to go through some of the things that you'll see in the budget. One of our priorities for 2023 continues to be to find a meeting place, find a suitable location for a cafe meeting place for the Karenian congregation <coughs> and the Logan startup. Uh, would you pray with us about that? Uh, you would be very surprised to know that Logan Central and Woodridge and Kingston are one of the most expensive places to buy commercial property or to rent commercial property and to find suitable. You would think it would, but every man and his dog who is a government agency or a charity wants to find a commercial place in that area. So rents are high and prices are ridiculous. So we're competing. What we need to pray is God put us at the front of the line. Right? Uh, uh, on Sunday, as Richard said, they were bursting at the seams in the downstairs room of uh, 11 Moore Street. That's a great thing, right? But it's a sign that we need to enlarge <laughs> the place of your tent. Stretch your tent curtains wide. Do not hold back. Lengthen your cords and strengthen your stakes. I'm doing an enlargement. We're already start, starting to see, so we're singing, singing with joy. All right, so this is a very important thing that we need to keep praying. Um, by the way, um, one of the hard things is, is that when these opportunities come up, we need to act fast. And so um, the elders may need to make a decision about taking on a, a lease or something for these properties um, before we can get to you. And I don't know whether we need to, Mr Chairman, I don't know whether we need to make a motion about that so that we can act accordingly. But um, we don't want to go against the partners, nor, nor do we want to presume anything. But these deals that come up, either to hire or to lease or to buy, if it were to buy something, we'd definitely call it a special partners meeting. But sometimes these lease agreements come up and we need to action them. Andrew. I just wanted to encourage everybody that the Lord knows exactly what we need. Yeah. Okay? He knows exactly what... Uh, and I just want to give a, a little testimony. When Monique and I were looking for a, a, a unit 
um, we were we were in a, a reasonable um, standing, and we were going and trying to get a unit to rent. It went, and we got rejected, 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 rejected. And um, I just said to the Lord, Father, you know exactly what we need. And I just, I just said, Father, I thank you for providing. I thank you for it. And I think we need to have that attitude of thanksgiving for what he has already done for us, what he has for us, yeah. because he knows exactly what we need. And do you know what? Malik came back. She said, look, I, I think I found the perfect place. And guess what? The rent has been taken down $30 a week. Yeah. Now, in this climate, when does that happen? Only when God moves, right? Okay. So, Lord, I just, just want to encourage... Well, how about we pray? You pray now. Pray of faith. Father, I thank you, Lord, that you are a good father. Yeah. That you know exactly what we need for our Karini and for our Logan congregation, Lord. And that you are able to do exceedingly abundantly, yeah. exceedingly abundantly above yeah. all that we ask and think, yes. Lord Jesus. Father, we thank you that you are good. And your mercy endures forever. You know what the what the uh, what the communities need. You know what these congregations need, and you know what the future is that you want to um, that you want to bring out in this area, Lord. And Father, we just we speak a um, Lord a um, Lord. We speak a grace over this area, like undeserved favour, Lord, this, uh, this favour. We speak favour over it in Jesus' precious name yeah. and we release that over these congregations. And thank you, Father. Amen. Uh, the next one is Balmoral. We want to complete and build the cafe and we also want to establish the cafe mission at Balmoral and we want to employ the right people in those places and also train them because uh, there is going to be some training required for those people. Um, some of those people may come from within New Hut and some of those people may come from without. Uh, increases in expenditure, uh, our Balmoral youth continues to grow in I think it's something like 90 to 95% of our Balmoral youth come from outside of uh, the church. <laughs> Who's got an amen to that? <laughs> Uh, which is awesome and we, we're hoping that that's going to increase so we put within the budget a face step of um, playing um, for one day a week a youth pastor and we will recruit that person and let you know about that in the new year. Um, where, um, we, we believe we've we possibly found the right person but it just hasn't been all sorted but we will get that sorted and we'll let the partners know at our first meeting in 2023. Uh, so that's an increase in expenditure. <clears throat> um, this has only just recently been put to us by the, new, uh, by the local mission team and the elders have endorsed it. We have a young couple who attend the Balmoral congregation and they call Nick and Jess Ellis. Um, they are a part of uh, Power... It's not... Power 2? 4? Power to Change, which used to be Student Life. Um, um, Nick works full-time. He is a self-funded, um, what do you call it, supported missionary on campus and basically he's training uh, university students to go out and make disciples. The, when you look at what they do, it's just like our church um, and he's a great young fella. She's a great young uh, lady. She is a... 
occupy OT, and, but she also works part-time for yeah, three days a week. So uh, the local mission put to us, and you'll notice that in the budget. Um, and so we're really excited to be able to, to uh, support an additional person in our budget uh, to do that work within the university life of our, of our city. Um, uh, UQ. And Griffith, Anne Griffith. <laughs> they sure do. Amen, brother. They need salvation. Uh, we have um, thank you to Lee and Zeta and to Kelly. Um, we've I've finally finished an, uh, a massive job that's taken me a couple of about two or three years. It's called the Discover series, and in 2023 we'll launch that. It's currently available on our new heart website. You go to resources, and you're actually electronic versions of eight different booklets. Um, we're going to be doing training on for people who want to learn how to read the Bible with people who you've had a God conversation or a God encounter, and they're interested in discovering Jesus for themselves. And you're going to learn how you can do that simply, how to take them through Mark or John or another Bible reading from Genesis to Revelation, and just excerpts from those. And you can just walk with them in a discipleship journey towards faith. And so Discover Jesus is great. There's another one where we, uh, it's a teaching booklet on how you can baptise someone that you lead to faith, which is fantastic. And then Discover Disciple Communities or Disciple Communities is a term which we're using for life groups. And um, we want to be able to train and equip people who are wanting to start life groups, how to do disciple uh, communities or life groups, and also any existing life groups, we want to encourage them to consider taking on uh, this pattern of meeting together. The key thing about disciple communities is that there are four aspects. Sharing stories are what, where you see God at work. The second one is discovering the Bible as you read it together and discovering how, what God wants, how you to apply that in your life. Three is praying and caring for another. And the fourth element which is not normally a part of life groups, and is what are we going to do to pray for those who are not Christian that we know and do something together as a team to share our faith with people outside of our group so that we might welcome them in to discover Jesus and welcome them in to journey with us as disciples of Jesus. So this is uh, something we'll train. And then the last lot there, starting with key teachings for followers of Jesus, is a whole bunch of resources which are reading plans that we will uh, we're going to be looking at encouraging people to do a bible reading plan um, where they can do a daily reading and then your group as a group you can choose to do one one of those passages together as a group and also we're looking at how we can integrate that into our preaching as well so there are four or five different um, reading plans there. They're extensive. Uh, discover the New Testament, discover the Old Testament, and discover themes from the Gospels. So the, the resources are endless for uh, being able to read through that. And um, so I just want to thank the, everybody that was involved in doing that. That's a, that's a, uh, Zeta did the, the gram grammar check. Uh, Lee did some contextual uh, checking of the key teachings for followers of Jesus to make sure that the passages were all correct and Kelly just persevered with me as we plough through it. Um, I have an announcement to make tonight and it comes out through the budget that Pastor Michelle will be retiring
and paid staff from the end of March 2023. Uh, Michelle will remain an active New Heart leader. Um, we will have the opportunity to honour and celebrate her ministry at the end of March. Um, so, but she will stop. Uh, as some of you may know, uh, we're about to be become grandparents again and again and again. <laughs> so our first uh, grandson, we have a granddaughter in Germany, but our first grandson will be born in April. Our second grandson will be born in May and our third grandson will be born in June. <laughs> so we thought it, thought it might be time for Michelle just to draw back a little bit and just... Yes, Michelle. Sorry? Oh, yes. So the, the people who are... Those of you who know us, Tilly is in April, my daughter-in-law, Hannah, in, in May, and my youngest daughter, Zoe, who you know, is having her first baby in June. Um, but to Michelle, um, just... Uh, I'm not sure we'll have a meeting before you leave, but we will honour her. But I just want to say to you, as the senior pastor, uh, how much we've appreciated your role, uh, how much I've appreciated your role, but I know that many of you have been ministered to by Michelle in her role as a pastor. Um, but the staff uh, spent time sharing that with her the other day at our Christmas um, gathering. But Michelle, on behalf of us all here, we want to thank you for the way in which you've faithfully served us and Jesus, and we really appreciate you. And now I, I will hand over to you. Thank you. Thanks, Pastor Paul. Okay, so point 11 is the financial update. David, if you can stand closer. <laughs> yes. Yes, so um, I want to say thanks to George Stubbs who sent us quite a few questions. Um, and you would have all received a copy of the questions and the answers um, at the door. If you have not, we'll give you a couple of minutes and I'll make it two to read through that quickly. Um, before we then um, will ask David to take us through the finances. So we don't want to repeat the answers to the questions, so we'll allow some time for more questions if there are. Um, but yeah, if you can maybe get yourself a fate with the questions and the answers from George. Anybody needs a copy?
God damn it. Thank you. <clears throat> Good evening. Um, that big arrow button, isn't it? Yes, there we go. Very bright out here. Um, that's the figures year to date so far. Um, January to November, um, $695,000 is that? Yep. Um, and budgeted was uh, $769,000, so we're obviously below budget there. Um, expenditure year to date, $738,000, um, uh, as opposed to budgeted um, $836,000, so we're also under um, expenditure there as well for the budget. Um, so all together, like all up uh, year to date, we are in a negative situation of $43,000, which is a little bit different to the last couple of years that we've experienced, um, particularly during COVID. Um, everyone was surprised at the um, at the uh, the financial results that we experienced, which was a, a great blessing. Um, so that's the situation that we're at at the moment. Um, the property loan balance, I think uh, George might have asked uh, what the balance was for the property loan, that's on the, on the board there as well, $42,000. Uh, now, there was some, some funds that we transferred, I think it was about $70,000 uh, to that account uh, a year or so ago. So we do have um, reserve funds that are actually sitting in that account that we can pull on reserves if we, uh, if we need to. If there's... If there aren't any questions on that, I'll move forward. Uh, noteworthy points. Heart-to-heart um, -heart giving is directly um, impacts our cash flow, uh, and that is um, down somewhat. Uh, property development donations uh, also impact our cash flow. Um, the the loan payments for that uh, for that for the property development um, actually come out of our general. Um, out of our general account uh, and if there aren't any um, development donations, property development donations coming into the account, basically that's just coming out of our, um, out of our normal um, giving. Uh, youth um, pastor at Balmoral, there's an extra day that um, Pastor Paul mentioned earlier. Uh, uh, okay, yes, no... Um, there's no longer any paid youth interns this year. We haven't, we're not taking any on at this stage, but we might during the year. Um, so that, that door is always open. Uh, redress payment. Uh, in the budget, which will, the, um, uh, everyone's got the, uh, the budget. Uh, at the bottom of that, there is um, $13,500 uh, allowed for, uh, for Repayment, as Pastor Paul um, mentioned, the $45,000 payment that's already been made uh, was made from the CESU fund, and we do have a, um, thanks to an agreement um, with the QB, uh, that we have an interest-free loan from them, and that'll be repaid um, over 10 years. So um, $13,500 per annum on the first $45,000 um, redress payment. Uh, Nick and Jess um, Ellis, uh, local missions, and pa again Pastor Paul has mentioned them. They are in the local um, uh, missions um, budget as well. Uh, 
The only other thing that I'd like to point out in the in the cash flow, we, um, we do many many versions of this cash flow. Um, and this is probably number twelve. Um, so there's a lot of a lot of work and a lot of discussion um, that goes into it. Um, but there is uh, an update uh, on that third column where it says weekly giving for 2022 estimate, $531,000. That was actually to the end of October. Now when we actually did finalise the budget and then from that figure there's an extrapolation made for um, for the actual estimate for the whole year, for the budget for next year. Um, but by the time we finished this budget, the November figures had actually come out. So that was updated to $663,000 uh, year to date, um, estima- or estimated for the whole year. Um, and then, so that was just for giving. So the $531,000 changed to $663,000. Uh, and then the total general income increased from 643000 to 723765 that, that didn't change the actual budget figures, but it just um, gave us more confidence uh, with the figures that we were preparing, um, which are the actual budget figures. Um, I don't think there's anything else um, that hasn't already been mentioned. Um, are there any questions, Richard? Hello. Oh, how come the Logan Church is not in that budget? Because there's all the rent that's come in from the house. Yep. There's also a number of people giving into that, including yep. myself. Yep. And I'd really like to know sure. how much we have to spend and how much we don't. It's always a mystery to us. Sure. Okay. And um, yeah. Um, the the budget for uh, Logan uh, comes and from Barrel Mole as well for the for the cafe. Uh, it comes out of the CESU fund because that's part of a, a new church planting uh, development. So all that funding comes out of the CESU fund. We do have, um, we are developing, because this is all fairly new, we are still working on developing a, an appropriate way of actually recording and reporting on that because um, it's a bit tricky when it's kind of all tying in with uh, our general funds, but uh, that will be developed as we go along through the next year. Uh, and and it will be built into the budget next year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I was asking about where it's showing up. Yeah, and that's, again, it comes out of the CSU fund, and that's not built into this budget. Okay. But so it is budgeted for out of the CSU funds. Yeah, yeah, because we, we put ties into the church every, every all the time, and it's not... We just we would like to know, I mean, you know, something because mm. we are completely in the dark. Yeah. Okay. Well, that, that's something that we can talk about. Okay. Cool. Mm-hmm, sure. Um, with the givings, the tithing would be just included in the weekly givings total amount. Uh, we do have breakdowns of those um, in in different reports. Uh, any other questions? Just trying to understand their final position 
uh, on column three if the giving's increased so that that loss is, has been offset somewhat by the, the higher estimate? Or, or no, at that, those figures that I mentioned earlier, no, they didn't really affect the budget. It, um, it was just an updating. Uh, when we do the budget, we prepare an estimate um, for the full year based on the year to date. Um, so when, when we had the November figures, we were able to um, come up with a, a, a higher figure, which basically gave us more confidence for, to, to come up with our actual final budgeted revenue. Does that make sense? Uh, yeah, so just to clarify, you said the, um, the weekly given, giving uh, on the third column, the 2022 estimate, uh, increased from 531 to 665. To 663, yep. Or 663. Uh, are we saying that expenses have uh, anticipated to absorb all of that? Or is that then... That, that column is only used to work out, a, extrapolate a, an end-of-year figure for this year, which right. we then use as a basis to prepare the budget figures for the following year, for next year. Okay. Mm. So they don't actually affect the budget itself. It, it doesn't affect the budget, but that loss of 121 is more likely to be about loss of 40,000 because of what's happened in the last two months. Mm -hmm. uh, the only um, other thing that I would also point out on, that, on the bottom of the budget is um, uh, th there's $30,000 interest from the CESU fund. Um, there is about $1.5 million sitting in interest-bearing accounts now. So that effectively will replace some of the, uh, the lost revenue from the Belmoral Mans. So that, that in interest income is certainly built into that budget. Mm. Any other questions? I'll hand back to Johan. Thanks, David. Okay, so the motion is that the 2023 budget be approved and accepted as presented. And presented by David. Seconded by Joe. Any last questions? Okay, the motion that the 2023 budget be approved and accepted as presented. Votes for? <laughs> Getting better. George? Not a question about the budget we've just accepted, but we have an income and expenditure for 2022. Now, normally we wait till our next meeting somewhere in May or June. Is it possible that we go to give to all the partners the financial situation as at the end of 2022, as soon as possible. 
David, as soon as possible. I'm not saying January the 1st. <laughs> <laughs> and also some indication as to what our bank ba balance is again. Yes, I, I so think can that's... I put that as a... Yes, we can have that as an action. I th uh, another motion, I put that forward. Is it I don't think we need a motion for that. We can just take it as an action. George, we, we do put uh, figures in on a monthly basis in the slides, um, in the what's happening as well. So I guess the end of January we can, or in Feb February we can put that. Yeah, okay, so there's an audit process that ha needs to happen as well. I'm not sure what when that happens, David. March, April. Okay, so there will be an unaudited indication <laughs> earlier. Says the auditor. Okay. <laughs> Thanks, Paul. Okay, so this brings us to the end of like the formalities. Uh, we're pretty much up to the point where we just have the open the floor for questions, questions without notice. So you feel free to ask any questions regarding budget, regarding redress, regarding anything here or that's not here. Like this is a forum where the family can bring those to the fore. And we may or may not have answers for you right here, right now. If we do not, we will endeavour to get that to you. And if it in uh, concerns the entire church, we will get that to the partners as soon as possible. Oh, this is just for the budget. Um, what did th it, I noticed that it had Carol's $2,000, so what was actually spent on the caroling? Thank you, Anne. Good question. The reason it's got $2,000 is because we've applied for a grant from, or grant, depending on where you're from. Um, yeah, we've applied for through Brisbane City Council and we've actually succeeded in receiving $2,000 last year, this year, and also the promise of next year, $2,000 towards the carols. So the cost for the carols, what we, um, some of the costs include some of our printing that we do, some of the uh, the candles that we purchase, some of those sort of expenses on the night. We're also hiring speakers. Last year, the speakers that we had, they um, got pumped a little bit high and uh, were muffled and it was a bit horrible. So this year we've got four speakers that we're collecting Friday morning and they'll have a much better sound. So that's where that goes to. Thanks. Um, sorry to bother you guys. Um, a couple of years ago, Harriet... Um, said after they'd done up the church she got up and she said when are we going to get a kitchen and and I yeah I just just it's the kitchen's 20 years old and there's nothing modern about it and you know it's, I just wonder if anything's going to be done so um I've been told there might be a response to this in the George's questions. Maybe not, no. no. Uh, so the answer is this. Uh, we're not making our payments to the property development loan where we owe $44,000. And we've always said that once that loan is repaid, then we'll do the kitchen. Pay off the debt, we get a new kitchen. That's simple. We, this year, um, when we did the budget, $400 donation had been put to the property development loan. We paid sixteen. Uh, $14,000 in repayments. 
So we're not going to get a new kitchen until we've paid that loan and we're making our payments. It's just a simple reality. As a partnership, we agreed that the property development loan would be paid over and above our giving to the general work of the church, not coming out of the general giving, which it has been. So we've got a commitment that we've got to keep to to pay off that debt and raise money to, for a new kitchen. At the moment, God's provided that kitchen as longevity and... <laughs> For anybody that works in there, I'm sorry. Um, we would like to get that paid off, but um, yeah, that's just our situation. <laughs> Some people have got worse kitchens, I know, but anyway. Uh, that's right. So just when people give to that property loan, it's getting us closer to a new kitchen. That's the way I look at it. <laughs> Any other further questions? On the current rate of giving towards the property loan, what's the projection? Is there any projection towards how long that will get paid off, per at, chance? Actually, at the moment, um, we've been, uh, we're actually way ahead in our repayments and so I've negotiated to come back to a minimum with QB, uh, BAPLINK, to, to reduce our repayments down to the minimum, which is about three or $400 a month. Um, but... Um, we were paying uh, fourteen hundred, no, 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 $1,800 a month is what we've been paying, which put us way ahead of our projected repayment schedule. Uh, but it also put us in a position where we were paying money to a loan that was meant to be paid by donations. So that came out of our bank, uh, whereas it should have come out of, donations should have been, been coming in to cover those repayments and reduce the principal. So... To answer your question, I don't know how long. We've got a 15-year loan. It's only a couple of years old. So we've got 13 or 12 or something number. I don't know how long it's been since we did that, but we've got those years left to repay $44,000. Just... No. <laughs> no, that's if no one gives any money yeah. to the property development loan. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if there's 44 people in this room, which during the last count, we all gave $1,000, tomorrow the loan would be repaid. <laughs> hey, Paul. <laughs> Paul, I just want to make one point. That property loan has been paid off quickly because certain people have made lump sums into it. So it's not it's come out of, even recently, somebody, anonymously, did make a big deposit into paying off the loan. I don't, I don't know. Quickly note to that. So what we had to do is because we'd already paid that money, we had to repay that money to us. Does that make sense? So $10,000 in, but we'd already paid 10000 so we had to put that back in our bank. To, to repay, but it did reduce the loan. I don't have any answers, but if you have questions for these guys. Um, <laughs> we've got like 10 seconds left. Yes, George, yes. I think if you look around who's present here tonight, there are no Karen Kareni people with us. 
Now, that's a disappointment to me because I think the information goes out to them from the office that it's on. So somehow we're not uh, fellowshipping to the best of our abilities. There is a tension within the, the group, the Karen Kareni. Uh, they are now meeting in two places. Some of you are aware of that, some of you are not aware of it. That's why I mention it. And Pastor Paul is doing his best to keep them all happy. <laughs> but again, uh, it's cultural, some of it. Yeah. And the Kareni people do not have a Bible in their own language. They use Karen or Burmese. But they want their own language in there for church service in Kareni. That's the tension. So pray about it, please. George Samo. Just quick, did we work out what would happen if we needed to move quick on a property for Logan and Kareni? No, we didn't. Any suggestions? You can do a motion, but we need to put a motion forward. Have you got a value? There was a in suggestion mind? made that a, like a rental could be maybe passed or approved by the elders, but a sale would come to a special meeting. I'll just give you an illustration. We might be able to create a motion and move on it if if that's the partners um, they they endorse that. Um, Craig just sent me a property that came up for lease. Uh, it's 291 square metre property that he feels possibly might be appropriate. It's on Kingston Road um, and um, we haven't gone to look at it yet but it was just a suggested property. Now the, the rate of rent for that property is $64,000 a year. So that's the kind of rent that we would have to commit to and it's possibly not just for one year but for two being a commercial uh, lease is often at least 12 months to 24 months. So that's the kind of money that we would need to agree on as a partnership for the elders to move on your behalf to okay. I would say it could be up to $80,000 because 291 square metres is kind of a bit squeezy. I don't know what this size space would be, but it would be close to that. It's about 300 square metres, yeah. So this having enough space for uh, adult meeting and children's space, it just just this part would be about that size. So I, we're kind of ideally about 350 square metres would allow us time, space for a cafe, for a meeting place and a place for children as well. Um, so we're looking at, I would imagine, between sixty-five dollars and $85,000 per year rent if we were to rent. Obviously, it's going to be different if we're going to purchase a, a building. That's a much bigger commitment. But that would be the Logan and Kareni to share the property, right? Yeah, that's right. So income from both congregations, potentially? Yeah. Well, you just remember that anything that we do which is church-related comes out of the CESU. Right. So um, then the church provides the structure and the organisation to cover those things, the training, the internships, all that. 
So Brad and I do the internship training, but we don't get paid from the CSU. The church covers that. Uh, so the equipping and training, the covering, the leadership, the administration, all those things come from New Heart. We cover that. It's part of our heart to see that. But the actual costing of a church plant coming out of the CSU. And the rent as well. But we would be trying to set up our uh, Logan campus to have a cafe that would have an income stream that would offset those costs. It wouldn't be just 64000 or 85000 going out with no money coming back in. We couldn't afford to keep doing it. Our CSU fund would just gradually dissipate. 310, thank you, Russell. So this is, a, this is close to, if you had certain areas divided off, this is probably about the right size. Um, but that would be 64 to about 85. So my motion to you, I'll put that and then we can have questions, is that um, the partners agree to allow, uh, uh, agree for the elders to make a decision to rent a property up to the value of $85,000 per annum for the purpose of Logan Startup and Karani Congregation. <laughs> I can't remember what I just said. <laughs> to rent a suitable property in the Logan area for the for the Karini and Logan startup congregation up to the value of $85,000 per annum yes yes uh, it's uh, there are more churches in Logan than almost anywhere else in Brisbane, and they're all competing for space. Every church has their, who's open to having tenants has their property booked out from the morning till night on a Sunday. And all the school, school halls are booked out. All, any council properties are booked out. We have Sir Richard, Joe, me, everybody's yo, Everybody's on the lookout. It's very, very difficult. Any comment on Grove School? Yeah, Grove said no. Can, can we ask them to reconsider? I have asked them to reconsider. Sent a letter, begged, got on my knees, said please. They said it's too much trouble. I, I, I get it. Their job is not to rent what, out a what hall. What about their main hall? Yeah. <laughs> everything. I asked everything. What about the outdoor area? No. You've got to remember there is a cost to an organisation to hire out the facility of security, of cleanup, of monitoring what's going on, and that's not their prime job. Their prime job is to provide education. I get it. Uh, it doesn't help us. This is a comment more, but we got a little space before we moved into our house at Moore Street, a hall, and it was booked out all day, all weekend, churches, and we started having meetings there, and while we were having meeting, another church was arriving and packing up, and we'd only been meeting for half an hour, and they just wanted to steal our space. It was just completely, really weird, and when we arrived, the other church that was meeting before us were giving us the evil eye, because we were trying to hurry them up so we could get our service started. 
and that was just a little hall in Kingston. Um, so every space available in Logan, whether you're a sports club or whatever, is taken up in the weekend by a church of some kind. Okay. <laughs> and then we tried to use the rugby union club in Logan, and that was very bad. They treated us very badly. Um, they would cancel at the last moment. They would... All sorts of things happened that it was just not cool. Our poor Karenni people, they just took advantage. I, I was wondering if, if it sounds like there may be a commercial opportunity here uh, for... I, I'm not wondering if anybody has looked at purchasing a property. Yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's a great, great question and it's a great idea. Uh, so if anybody's got some spare cash, or want to consider an investment property in the Logan area and then lease it out to us, we would love to talk to you. <laughs> yes, good point, Martin. Daryl's got a question behind you, Paul. Um, actually, I'd just like to um, amend Paul's um, motion. Um, I think we've been having discussions not about Paul's motion but about the circumstances which has generated that motion. And I think it's clear from that discussion that there are a lot of um, factors that we just cannot take into account at this point in time. So I would like to say that as a, uh, a church, we give the elders the authority to pursue whatever is they would consider as reasonable and is likely to be passed by a full members meeting to um, achieve the aims of establishing churches in that area. That's part one. Part two, that such decisions would be ratified by a full members meeting such as this at the earliest practical opportunity. And part three, that as much as possible, that whoever is looking after that areas keep the, um, the, the the partners updated on the situation, so that uh, when opportunities arise, we have some sort of general background to understanding why the elders have done what they have done. Yeah, which is just part of general our general um, reporting to the partners as much as we can in transparency and providing you with the information that keeps you up to abreast of what we're doing and why we're doing it. So what you said, part three, is part of our general demeanour anyway, but we agree with that. Do you want to go with Daryl's part one A and B? The other... Yeah, I think we need some more discussion around that. We haven't landed on a motion yet. So, Daryl, just come. Paul, can you give the mic there to Daryl, please? Just uh, confirm the f part A and B of your proposal, and we we can discuss it a bit further. So, my, my suggestion is that in the, f the first thing that is that we don't put a monetary limit uh, on there. Uh, yeah, for the elders, but we um, allow them to do whatever they believe is necessary to establish churches in the Logan area, provided they think that that is something that 
uh, is likely to be accepted by a full members meeting. And then the second thing was to get those decisions ratified as soon as practical by a full members meeting. No. Mm -hmm. To establish churches in the Logan region. That they would, yeah, and that they would consider would be accepted by a full members meeting. And then the second would be to have that ratified by a partners meeting as soon as practical. Okay, so the first one was to allow the elders to do whatever they, th they think is necessary to establish churches in the Logan region that they think would be acceptable by a full partners meeting. And number two, to have this ratified by a partners meeting as soon as possible. Changing that quickly. Okay, what we have is we allow the elders to do whatever they think is necessary to find suitable accommodation for the Kareni congregations and Logan startup um, that they think would be accepted by a full partners meeting. Is that better? So. And number two, to have this ratified by a partners meeting as soon as possible. Any other discussion around that? Paul's got the mic at the back. Russell? Sorry, Colin? Any chance of getting that, the wording up on the screen so we can actually see it? I just, whether, are you able to do that, Paul, or not? I can read it out to you again. We allow the elders to do whatever they think is necessary to find suitable accommodation for the Karini congregation and Logan startup 
that they think would be accepted by a full partners meeting. Two, to have this ratified by a partners meeting as soon as possible. I propose that. Okay, any seconders for that? Richard and George, we've got... Richard, Tyler. Russell. Being the, being the devil's advocate here. In church. In church. Oh, I didn't think of that. Um, what happens if the elders sign up a contract, which is what somebody's going to want, and then the... The partners don't agree to it. We're stuck with a contract. And no. well, I don't know. You you don't know. We're signing a contract, so not like buying a car. It's good. Good comment. Um, there's a few hands up. Richard, sorry. Um, being your devil's devil's advocate. Um, <laughs> If if you find a place, you've got to apply for it. There's you, no, you can't. You just got to do it, and um, because if you if you fumble around, some somebody else will take it. <laughs> I think what the the thing is. So if if the elders make a decision to rent a property for Logan and the Karenny, it's because we they've got to move fast and, and nail something down, right? And you and you guys are going to make a decision without a, a full partners meeting, right? So why do we need, to, that's what this motion is about, right? So why do we have to tag on the whole needs to be ratified afterwards if it's just a lease? Can't we just? Yeah, but the whole reason we're making this motion is so we don't need to have the agreement of the, all the partners for a lease of a property for Logan and the Karenny. There's one more comment. Richard? This involves us. Um, uh, I don't mind there being a monetary limit on it, and the reason is is because it gives us a budget to work with. We can go, oh, we can aim for that, okay, and and um, got quite a few skilled hagglers in, in amongst our team, and... Um, but 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 it gives us something to aim for, and 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 also it gives our church eldership um, a place where they can confidently move within. Russell. There's some risk exposure, that's all. Yeah. Now, I'm not that's saying I don't that, agree with it. My, my motion was updated by Darren. I've been in similar situations, and that was with what Russell was talking about, about accountability, which is why I suggested that we have uh, the ratification as soon as possible to put that accountability type in there. So that was the reason behind it. 
Uh, part of it was also, I said to you, that the elders believe would be accepted by uh, the partners and then to have that go through uh, in the soonest, uh, the shortest possible practical time. Just letting you know, there's a really, really big storm coming, possible hail, it's enormous, and I'm just wondering if we could vote either way on this, see what the biggest number is, and just, you know, okay, let's get out of that. here before we're all at risk, really. Of okay, so we've got it on the screen now, the motion that, um, the last one from Daryl. So the motion is, we allow the elders to do whatever they think is necessary to find the suitable accommodation for the Karenni congregations and local startup that they think would be acceptable by full partners meeting and to have that uh, this ratified by a partners meeting as soon as possible. Okay, I'm going to say, let's say, who um, ask who, who presents that? Daryl? Seconder, Simone. Got a couple lands. Simone. Questions? I, I'm going to ask the elders. Would would the elders like to have a money amount in that motion, so that they're that, that they feel comfortable with, rather than have something where, as Russell said, the members might not agree with them. So I, I, if I was an elder, I would like to have a, a money amount in there. Yeah, suggestion, I would say we put the wording around in the order of $100,000. So it could be a little bit less, could be a little bit more. And also, I think we should acknowledge probably another 100,000 for fit out because you might be kidding, you might be getting a warehouse, you might be kidding. But you've got to make, because if you're going to lease something, you've got to think about the cost to turn it into a church unless it already is a church. So you kind of need both. So I reckon you go in the order of 100,000 for each. But just my suggestion. I'd, I'd just like to simplify it and just say, let's get the lease first and then come back to the partners with a costing for doing the property up, which would be a re we'll be looking at a reasonable figure to do that. If we didn't think that the property was worth developing or putting money into, we wouldn't take the lease out in the first place. So I just want to say, you suggested to... What was the, what was the wording you said? In the order of $100,000. So on the screen we've got added to the f first sentence, the last bit, um, up to $100,000. Or in the order of, please, Beth. Oh, isn't that just equally as vague, though? In yes. the order of? Can we just, just put a cap on it to say oh, Okay, thank you, Paul. <laughs> Should be... $100 per annum. P.A. Thank you. Let's change the order to up to, please, Def. I think everybody's more comfortable with up to 100,000, yeah. if I'm reading the room right. There's a lot of yeps going up here, so this is good. Okay, so we have a presenter. 
We had a seconder, we had questions. The elders take out a lease and then it's not ratified at the partners meeting. Does that mean that we have to forego the lease? No, I think two gets taken out if you accept number one. So let's get rid of two because we've given a limit and we've already said yes up to 100,000. So if we could remove point two, please, that's it. And that's what we're putting forward. Okay, so I'll read the motion again before we vote. We allow the elders to do whatever they think is necessary to find suitable accommodation for the Kareni congregations and Logan startup that they think would be acceptable by a full partners meeting up to $100,000 per annum. Yes, please suggest that, please. Where would you like it? Theta. Suitable accommodation, put it after accommodation up to 100,000. Suitable accommodation up to $100,000 per annum, please, Beth. We could keep going, but let's not. Yeah. Are we taking whatever out? <laughs> and there's no... No comma behind elders. Uh, All right. Clement. Let's not get there. I think we've got the general drift of it. Okay. <laughs> Do we take the whatever out? Take, Take the whatever, whatever out, please. There's agreement in the room about that whatever, going whatever. Okay, let's go. So elders to find, I think, just elders to find suitable accommodation. We allow the elders to find. Yeah, just remove, think is necessary as well. Yep. So it should just read, we allow the elders to find, find. suitable accommodation up to 100 grand, blah, blah, blah. Yep. Oh, wow. Go to delete. Right, up to 100,000 per annum for the Kareni Conjo and Logan startup that they might, that they think would be accepted by a full partners meeting. There's a suggestion to change the accepted by a full partners meeting to a majority. Fools. That's it. Yes, Cole. The, com the constitution is that it's um, a majority of the par partners at a meeting. Yep. Other things like elders and stuff have a, a higher percentage. Yes, that's but right. No, 75. Sort of all 75. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, just take out full. It's just by uh, accepted by a partners meeting. Yep. Yep. Full's not required. And the apostrophe after partners, because it's not owned. It's owned by multiple, though. It's a plural. <laughs> the apostrophe after elders. After the elders. No, Get rid of the apostrophe one. after elders. Take it out. Joe. 
Let's put our apostrophes in the right place. Sorry, I'm just a bit confused. Aren't the partners now saying it's okay to go 100,000? Like, I'm, why? Why the last sentence? Good point. Let's remove it. <laughs> Thank you. Aren't the partners saying yes? Logan, start up full yeah, the stop. The partners are already voting now for it. We don't need to vote again. Full stop. Yep. Full stop after up. That's it. Less is more. Very clear. We allow the oldest to find a suitable facility up to $100,000 per annum for the Karini Congregation Logan Startup. Agreed? Okay. Mr. Chairman. <laughs> Finally have one. Let's 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 count. Propose um, it. I George. propose it. <laughs> that's not in the motion. We're not adding to the motion, but that's a good idea. Okay, we're going to vote for. Um, we allow. No, we need to. I I propose that, and we need a seconder. Okay. <laughs> Cole, and Beth. Right now. Good. We allow the elders to find suitable facility up to $100,000 per annum for the Karini Congregations and Logan Startup. Votes for. Thank you, Bruce. Thank you, Cole. Yes. Forty-one. Yeah, we had, had a few people leave. leave. But I think that was a great workshopping session, guys. That was fantastic. Good work, team. We got there. Oh, hey, we've been practicing. Yes, thank you, Carl. Yes. Okay. <laughs> guys, we we hear the storms coming. We have, we normally finish with uh, prayer in groups. Um, I'll start. I still allow that for people who want to stay behind. But we'll call that tonight. Thanks again for all your participation. It was great. Thanks for your enthusiasm. Um, and really your love suffering. Yeah. <laughs> yeah for and uh, safe travels home, Brad. Before we do finish, I do think, can we just pray for Cole? He's actually having uh, surgery. He's getting three stents put in on Friday. And uh, I know there's a lot of, yeah, just... Emotion that goes with that. As well as that, we're praying for Viv, uh, Viv and Candice. Viv actually went to hospital today and they've actually found a growth at the back of his head. And, and uh, yeah, so he's having, an, he was due to have an MRI this afternoon and then was being taken straight to the PA hospital from there. So we need to just uphold them in prayer as well. So can we gather around Cole and Bev and we'll also just be upholding uh, Candice and Viv. Thank you, Lord. Our Father.